and welcome to IRI Growth Insights, featuring IRI thought leaders, industry partners, and guests. For more than 40 years, IRI has been known for its invaluable data, but these podcasts explore insights that the data reveal to fuel disruption and market growth for CPG, retail, healthcare, and media industries. I'm your host, Tanya Shakart, coming to you from my home office in Southern California. So welcome back, Jennifer Polino. You're back. back. She's the, yeah, she's the senior vice president of Omnichannel Media. Everyone knows that by now. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. Glad to be back. So happy to have you. I should have said you're back. But um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay. So today we're going to talk about something that I know you've done a webinar recently on this topic, but essentially how brands can win in economic upheaval. And that's certainly what's happening right now, isn't it? Yes. yes. So let's take a little bit of a situation assessment. Um, We're a few months into the pandemic and some cities are beginning to reopen, but, you know, many schools are closed until the end of the year, which means probably no physical summer camps either. So kids are going to be home, parents probably still working from home or just at home. Um, And so there's absolutely um, uncertain economic times ahead. And I know when we spoke about a month ago, uh, pantry loading was the significant consumer behavior, but what kinds of buying behaviors are you seeing now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we continue to see a broader adoption towards uh, self-care Um, really people having an increased open attitude about, um, you know, how to help um, themselves keep healthy and um, uh, be preventative um, and, you know, being like trying to protect their immune system, build it up. Um, And then with all of the families and the, you know, continued sheltering at home, and while we do see some local areas moving towards, you know, a broader opening, there still are significant uh, restrictions that are being placed on, you know, individuals and also to some people, you know, there are individuals that are not also willing you know, to put themselves into that particular situation. And so the willingness and flexibility of people, you know, bringing in products to their home, continuing to eat at home, um, their children, you know, eating more at homes, you know, there's still that, um, we still see a strong return to people with comfort brands and mm-hmm. comfort categories, which is a little juxtaposition to sometimes the self care. But right. there is the there is this need for you know to fulfill someone's safety concerns, um, as well as to serve their just innate nature of you know feeling warm and protected. Yeah. Yeah. I know I read somewhere recently that there's uh, there's you know the sort of the physical um, um, physiological uh, portion to this and and then balanced out of course with the psychological so yeah I mean it makes sense to me to go for a run and then eat a bowl of mac and cheese or a burrito 
Exactly. You know, and then there's the other pressure of, you know, the economic pressures where there are you know, a lot of individuals out of work and they are making trade-offs on different products and brands and what mm-hmm. is really essential to them versus what's of how do I get the best value out of the products and the and the things that I would buy for my family? So, and, and also different ways in which people are shopping and requiring to shop. So people want to go into a store, be very quick mm-hmm. and, you know, move out and right. you know, get back, get back to their safe domain. So there are a lot of different behaviors that are not only happening by how people are choosing brands, but also too in the way that they shop. Yeah. Yeah. I know um, before we get into the um, meat of this discussion, I know just anecdotally, my husband, when he goes to the grocery store now, um, he says he, he, you know, buys only what's on the list. He doesn't deviate. Whereas before, you know, you go to the grocery store and you buy 20 more things than you ever needed. Um, and he says he, he buys what's on the list, but if what he, what is on the list, he can't find it. He moves on. He's not um, searching for it. Yeah. To your point, right. He's just, he wants to get in and he wants to get out. So, um, I, I wonder if maybe for another conversation, if new patterns aren't actually forming there, <laughs> you know, just That's right. <laughs> we've been doing it long enough, but, um, so let's talk about some of the, um, considerations brands should be making right now. I know you shared some learnings with me from past recessions where consumer buying behavior then um, is beginning to mirror what's happening now in this current phase. And I know um, our CPG marketers, um, you know, might want to hear you uh, break down some strategies, which you you shared with me earlier, and I'm just going to read them off. And then that way you can go through each one for the, for the listeners. And so, um, first, you shared with me uh, tiered offerings, and number two, keeping brands essential and top of mind. Number three, develop a private label mitigation strategy. Number four, drive personalization at scale. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth one is, which is fascinating to to hear about, is innovate to prepare for the future. So, you know, just starting with tiered offerings, number one. Um, Tell us what you tell us what you mean by tiered offerings. Sure, you know when people get into uh, a economic uh, issue, and the we know from past, you know the two thousand eight two thousand nine market crash, and we people have completely had to change and think about their financial um, well-being Mm -hmm. and supporting their family and how that they will eat. We do know that, you know, eating occasions um, outside the home, you know, uh, 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 dissipated. Mm -hmm. Um, We do know that, you know, uh, you know, individuals uh, looked to um, you know, they, they felt that their financial con- conditions were obviously worse off and it took for them a while to recover. Yeah. And with that downturn, we know um, that people, even after the recovery from, from 2008 to even 2011 during the recovery, people also too were not trying as many new products. About 40% of people were saying that they weren't trying as many new products. and um, people were sharing products in the household more than they used to. Mm -hmm. So while you might have 
used Crest toothpaste and your husband might have used Colgate toothpaste. Now you're just buying one and you're sharing it, right? Right, right. Um, so those are the, you know, people there, there, they had felt that their financial position when it was in that time um, deteriorated as much. And even it was deteriorated even when the economy had recovered and they were still acting in uh, new, new ways and new behaviors. And that's what we anticipate is going to continue to happen. And we can even think about how much more dramatic that is um, with the COVID-19 right. because of just the sheer inability that people have had to uh, leave their domain and support other businesses in and around um, and even return to their offices to work. So things like, you know, where do I get, when you do go back, the, where do I go for lunch? Right. do I bring I bring my lunch now, and where do I store my lunch? <laughs> uh, and so these things are all factors in from behaviors that will trickle down into how people are purchasing and buying their products and going to the store. And so when we think about tiered offerings, if you're a marketer, you have to be thinking of your range of products. And let's just say you have a brand, you have to think of people within the spectrum, mm-hmm. of all income ranges to help right. capture those needs at the appropriate value level. So there's going to be people that are very price sensitive, obviously. And those, those products um, in your portfolio are going to be, have, have to be heavily promoted and they're more of a commoditized product that's going to have more substitutes. So you really have to think about, is that where you're going to play? And if you are going to uh, be supporting this income level or group, you need to make sure that your product is um, positioned for that group, not only price sensitive, but also to make sure that you, you're looking at the competition mm-hmm. in that area so that you at least have all of the, like the base level benefits right. that, you know, that that group would be at least looking for. You think of it kind of as a triangle, right? Um, of, you know, how your brands and, and your products move up the ladder. And then right. you have these, this middle tier of products where it's serving a need of people that want value, but also have maybe specific needs and are need dependent. So it might be a high, it's a, maybe a category that's highly dependent. Maybe it is somewhat of a self-care product, yep. you know, dependency. Um, it is need driven, but there are consumers that will choose brands over maybe private label um, or choose brands not maybe so much based off of price as long as they're within a relative gap with each other, but they'll choose those products. And then there's these more inelastic type products. And these are really the brands that you have to have the strongest brand equity and you have to be as a brand manager, you have to be really aligned to understand, you know, is that really true? Is my brand 
have the strongest brand equity that people won't move back. There is a premiumness, obviously, to the product, but right. that premiumness will have and must require unique benefits for people to pay for it. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so that's when we think about tiered offerings, that is what we think about when we're looking at, you know, a brand portfolio and how they're going to relate to all of the consumers. Right. And so it's really important if you only have, say, a, you're in a category and you have one brand really needing to figure out what position you are. Right. So, so maybe that's like a good um, transition into messaging, right? Because Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you think about that. So you have all of those ranges and those tiers of offerings and you have to talk about affordability, right? Right. Because a tiered messaging and, um, value for money is obviously going to be so important and it doesn't matter what income level you are, but everybody wants to make sure that they get the most for their money. And I look at, um, some of the advertising that was done during the 2000, 2008, 2008. Oh yeah, this is cool. Yeah. And yeah. one of those was uh, Kellogg's. Kellogg's did, they highlighted in a advertisement, a price for a bowl. Um, so you could basically, what basically what was say you can have it for less than 50 cents a bowl. And yeah. so they were highlighting the price per serving or the cost to feed a family on packaging or in store and through their advertising, which is so important during this time, because yeah. while you do have that tiered structure at the end of the day, you, that, that everybody within that tiered structure wants the value for money. And so right. this is a really good example of that. That was great. I know when you, when you shared that with me, it was, it was so, um, appro- I know at the ad you could see at the bottom was 2009 messaging, but it was so, um, impactful for these times, you know, um, it was a, a bowl of cereal, you know, and, and a hand extended with uh, 50 cents. So you can, mm-hmm. you know, have a meal for, for less than 50 cents a bowl, which was so compelling is to this day. I don't know. I don't know about your family, but I mean, we're eating breakfast for dinner sometimes. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it was really compelling. I think that's such a such a great strategy. Yeah, and um, it's a convenience play too, right? Because uh, that people don't have um, a lot. Sometimes a lot of extra energy based off of you know what is actually happening. So it's pretty easy uh, to to prepare um, for them. Which brings me to the second point yep. that you had mentioned, which is obviously keeping your brands top of mind, uh, yep. keeping them essential is what I, is what I say. And yep. essentialness comes from the, the brand's um, qualities and their base level um, attributes. And so if your brand, you, you, if you have a premium brand or a, a brand that you're competing on and, and value. Value yeah. also is, of course, good to share. We want to share that what, what is possible for value. But also, too, as people are making trade-offs, you want to make sure that you are not becoming so commoditized off of price alone. But if people are willing to have that gap between you know a little bit better of a quality of a product, then they're going to choose your brand 
So you have to elevate the discussion and the communications about the differentiation product, the differentiation that you have on your products and the core benefits. So things like quality and trust. Um, are going to be important. So we talk about, and I'm going to use just a very, uh, a very uh, relative um, example. So I had mentioned people are going back to, if they're going to go back to the offices and yeah, yeah, it's going to be a different way. And so probably, you know, you know, big cafeteria or community cafeterias are not going to be the the norm anymore. That's right. Yep. Um, and people are going to be bringing their lunches. So the uh, luncheon meats and, and deli meats are going to possibly continue to rise, but now yep. people have choices. There's all kinds of choices. You have, uh, you know, all of the, the different brands, but, you know, a brand like, say, Oscar Mayer, who has, you know, different levels, they also have, you know, organic and natural type of benefits, too, that they could talk about, or no preservatives that they could talk about to um, show the nutritional benefits and the taste superiority, while also sharing the affordable um, benefits of these helpful, healthful meal solutions that are able to, you know, come along with you right. on your daily journey um, back into the office. Right. So that's the trade-off you're talking about, right? Where you're not just focused on price, you're focused on, um, you know, redefining, you know, what's what's needed, which is potentially, to your point, we have to have meals during the day if we're back to the office, and then what's essential, and then deciding from there, you know, um, cascading down if it's healthy for you, if it's not. That's um, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, 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 and we know that consumers' wallets are going to be thinner, mm-hmm. and uh, they are going to be seeking you know, deal behaviors, you know, that's going to expand and they're going to go to the store. And as you had said, you know, people are going to go in and go out and they are going to be more flexible in their choices. And they're in that tiered situation where people are going to be much more price sensitive. So private label is going to continue, will grow during Mm -hmm. That time and brands, you know, the more traditional brands have to defend against that. And they also they have to defend against it in a couple ways because the private label brands are good. And these are retailer brands uh, that you know they've put a lot, you know, a lot of effort. I grew up, you know, when they had, I don't know if people remember, I mean, I'm older, but they have these, uh, it was when private label first started coming, they had just like white packaging, yeah. with, you know, black label that's like potato chips or something. Yes. No, I do remember that. Um, and, you know, now there are all kinds of retailer brands that are, you know, terrific and great branding in and amongst themselves. Look at, you know, simple truth from uh, from Kroger. You know, yeah. it's you know, a billion plus, you know, uh, dollars. Um, when you take a look at, you know, all of the the types of products they offer and great, great quality. And right, so- I think I think too. Right, we've seen this with our um, our thought leadership reports that we're pushing out in partnership with uh, with BCG, 
we're we're showing that private label edible and non-edible um, is showing some acceleration. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So brands have to you know take their own um, uniqueness uh, and make sure that they're value positioned and part of that retail strategy because. When you go to the store and they're going to look at the shelf, they're going to need to make sure that they have the appropriateness in programs as mm-hmm. far as promotions available to make sure or their price, their absolute price is similar and the benefits are just as good a quality for people to switch. Um, they should start looking at how they can enhance their retailer programs mm-hmm. as, as a brand. How right. do they make sure that they get better access across all of the retailers' um, omni-channel um, solutions? So, are you online with them? You know, what types of products do you have online versus at shelf? and making sure that the value equation is right there. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, uh, people are going to, as I mentioned, going to be deal seeking. And so digital coupons, not just from the retailer, but, you know, these broader organizations that have national type of coupons or national programs that give money back are going to be important uh, for these consumers. So how do you make sure that you are either part of those programs Mm -hmm. or making sure that your product is of equal, people see it as of equal value? Yeah. So you're talking about the rebate type programs online. Correct. Yeah. Um, So so staying um, on the meat (laughs) conversation (laughs) a little bit, (laughs) Um, I know that... um, I know that you, you had shared with me, so I'm looking forward, forward to you sharing it with the listeners, that there are some um, um, numbers around new buyers that you're seeing in this, this cold cuts versus, um, you know, lost buyers of Lunchables um, yeah. scenario. I found fascinating just as a, as a mom who sends, <laughs> you know, used to send lunches off, you know, with the kids. Um, I know. Right. He is charged. I, I went for the Lunchables sometimes for sure. Right. Well, and, and a great option, you know, it's a, it's a meal. It's, you know, inexpensive to send it off to lunch, but at this particular time where, you know, there's two things a little bit going against, uh, or, you know, where the brand has to really think about that are challenges. One that all the kids are, at home and people are preparing meals Mm -hmm. um, in bulk rather. So you're getting that, you know, value exchange, right? They're buying bigger products and, you know, everybody's eating them at home rather than individual packets and they're not going to school and they're not having uh, field trips where, you know, the Lunchables are uh, available or, you know, used for a snack. So there's that part that's a bit decreasing because, people are not in the same situations. And then the second area that's um, a big challenge is that uh, just seasonality. We're, you know, Mm -hmm. heading into summer and the, again, people, the camps and um, are, you know, not really available if people had to bring their lunches. And again, the, the behavior uh, is changing. So they're not seeing as, 
strong of you know a trajectory for that particular product over a period of time whereas what we are seeing is the amount of new buyers that are coming into the fold of uh, deli meats or yeah. uh, you know packaged deli meats uh, is tremendous. So, you know, just even over the peak COVID buying weeks, yeah. we saw 660, you know, 6,000 new buying households. That's incredible. New buying households. And when we think about talking to these people in this shift, again, you have a portfolio. So, uh, you know, your Kraft Heinz, you have Lunchables, you have Oscar Mayer deli meats. You're yep. just about how do you shift in those portfolios to make sure that you're taking into effect the not only the economic situation but the behavioral changes and the seasonality and how do you move your advertising and connectivity to consumers yeah. and so when you have all of these households there's an ability and you know who those new household buyers are you start trying to connect with them. So now you have from that 600 some thousand individuals, now you have 3.3 million device IDs to start targeting to to talk to them about all the things that we spoke about before, about value, about nutrition, about uh, ways in which we can provide you a good, uh, you know, a good meal for a good value. Right. Well, and, and, you know, even just, I know when the kids were, were going to school, when I was, I mean, when I was packing lunches, it was, you know, they have a, such a short amount of time to eat at school. And if I don't give them something that is like quick and easy, cause they don't, they're not real big on, you know, sandwiches and stuff. And mm-hmm. so, you know, even now to this exact point, we will go, we will buy cold cuts roll them up with cheese aside and crackers. I bought the box of crackers and bought the cheese and I bought, so it's, it's that form of a Lunchable. But if I had put all of those separate things together into their lunchbox, they'd never, ever entertain it. In fact, they didn't even use lunchboxes. They use brown sacks and there's no way I could have put all those things together. Right. right. No. So you're right. It's behaviors are changing. Um, Yeah. And the numbers are there to very easily, and you know, IRI has that ability to find those individuals. And when we can clearly see the exact number of households and know those who those households are that have you know come into the category or increased in that category, um, so you can see those shifts in behaviors. You as a brand want to make sure that you're talking to them, making sure that your message is top of mind. There's a lot of um, opportunity to make sure that you have that awareness. Yeah. Um, you know, where where people, as you said going into the store, picking something, leaving and, 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 you know, going about their, going about their day. Yeah. Uh, But that, but that also brings you to a point of, we're not always going to be in this same situation. We have to think forward. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) We have to think forward. We have to, we have to. (laughs) Yes. And and start also innovating. So while we know these changes are happening, we also need to think about your future of your brand in 
not only in the new economy, but how those new behaviors are going to affect individuals and their new consumer needs. And one of the things I think that it, it was a trend previously, but I think it's an interesting twist where the trend has always been what the the past trend, especially with uh, millennials, has been towards uh, you know a more sustainable environment and mm-hmm. a more sustainable packaging. Right. And what's coming to bear is that people are seeing because we're less sh- we're sheltering at home the effects that this is actually having on the environment right there's cleaner a little bit cleaner air, air. oh i what are, somewhere in california was it california i think it was i don't want to you know uh, misspeak but i think it was a 17% reduction in emissions or something like that mm-hmm. just in the last couple of months that's i mean i don't know if you've been to california but certainly southern california we that's have right poor air quality on the best of days. And, and it has been, I mean, we've got several just out of our window, we've got several sort of layers, if you will, of mountains in the distance. And we're rarely ever able to see that next set. And lately, mm-hmm. sure enough, we can see that next set. So yeah, you're right. exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, so now it's even more at the, the forefront. And then, so people are, should be starting, you know, if you haven't already moved in that direction, you right. better start moving as a brand to make sure that you do, as far as innovation, yeah. uh, better have sustainable packaging. Um, you better start thinking about how you are talking about safety and the processing and making sure that what you're doing is environmentally friendly. I mean, you look at the, the conversations that are happening right now because of the meat processing and plants where right. the work, there's a lot of workers who unfortunately have been diagnosed with COVID-19 and uh, they are, you know, and, and production has gone down because of, you know, the, the safety of these um, the, the workers and a new way that they have to get into the processing. So that's going to be really important when consumers are picking up a package going forward, um, as well as, you know, it leans into like this nutrition portion and care of, uh, you know, not only how are you taking care of your workers and your um, individuals, but then how does that translate and take care of me better? Right. Uh, because that self-care isn't going away. That self-care behavior isn't going away. Yeah. So it, it, it's all those things that, you know, we always have said, uh, you know, it's, I think it was Barack Obama who first said, it's like, uh, see the change or be the change, see the change. And, you know, at this particular point, we need to make, we, people are seeing the change um, and they want to keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said earlier, you know, there's, there's new patterns forming that I don't know what the rule of thumb is on this. Maybe it's 60 days, maybe it's 90 days of, of a changed behavior before it sticks. And I think we're, you know, it's been long enough that some of these behaviors are going to stick into the future. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so if we, you know, thinking about all of those, you know, in a nutshell, it, it is, uh, thinking as a brand, not only thinking about, uh, you know, how do you, you focus on it today, 
um, which is absolutely important. But how do you protect yourself for the new behaviors that lie ahead and even further thinking about the future of how do you make sure that you can still connect with your consumers and share the right message to your brands and be relevant, uh, showing trust and empathy um, against uh, these economic times. Yeah, such um, such great considerations that brands should be should be making for sure. Um, well, Jennifer, as always, it has been just a delight to chat with you, and I I look forward to to doing it again soon, maybe next week. Yes, thank you. Nice okay, you. have a thank great week. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening. Please visit iriworldwide.com to view the IRI COVID-19 dashboard and insights portal, where you'll have access to daily updates, in-depth reports, as well as observations and implications for the CPG retail industry. Please become a subscriber of IRI Growth Insights and let us know what you want to learn more about. We'll serve it up in a future IRI Growth Insights episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review IRI Growth Insights. Also, visit us on the web at iriworldwide.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.